Hi, this is Lainey Cameron, and you're listening to the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. I'm a marketing expert, a digital nomad, and author of the 11-time award-winning novel, The Exit Strategy. If you haven't read it yet, I'd love to know what you think. I created this podcast to showcase authors and books I admire. You can follow me on Instagram, watch me make a fool of myself on TikTok, and my website is laineycameron.com. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love any suggestions for future episodes. Also, it helps a lot if you subscribe and give it a quick review. In this episode, I chat with Colleen Van Niekerk about her debut novel, A Conspiracy of Mothers. Set in South Africa, the novel tells the story of three generations of mothers whose lives intersect during an important period in South Africa's history at the moment of the political end of apartheid. This is a fabulous book, which I enjoyed, and I'm excited to share with you. This is our second to last episode of this season and 2021. However, don't miss the special episode from midweek where I chat with Ashley Hasty, my new co-host, about how we'll be selecting authors for 2022. Colleen, I adored this book. I loved the fact that it took me to South Africa inside a set of struggles I have relatively little understanding of. I mean, like, yes, we all understand the concept of apartheid at the historical level, but it's not something I have as part of my emotional history. And mm -hmm. the way you took us through three generations of women and how each of them was wounded in different ways and how they're right. all trying to kind of as you would want to move beyond it, but are struggling mm -hmm. with some of that past, which is some of which is not even their own past, it's generations of past. Right, right. Wow, this novel is outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, thanks very much. Where are you joining me from today? So in Vancouver, Canada, uh, well, that's where I am. That's where I live currently. Uh, obviously I'm South African, um, but left in my thirties and kind of migrated over to North America. So yes, yeah, so in rainy, you know, the seven day rain, biblical proportion rain <laughs> of, uh, of BC. For folks who haven't read A Conspiracy of Mothers, maybe try and tell them a little bit about this book. It's actually, it's a hard one to summarize in a very small, like I was trying to describe it to someone yesterday because I loved it this much and it took me like two minutes. And so I'm really interested <laughs> to see, the how do you explain this book to someone who might not yet be familiar with it? And the protagonist is a woman who in 1994 in South Africa at the sort of on the verge of democratic elections in that country, which was a huge deal because this was sort of the political end of apartheid. She'd been out of the country for 18 years. Uh, she had left a newborn child behind. And, you know, through the various circumstances, she's drawn back and she returns to the country. But that act of return, you know, kind of triggers this whole string of events that really brings her and her, you know, her family, her daughter, her mother, face to face with the past and the consequences, you know, of, of actions taken, you know, two, two decades previously. So that's, you know, that's kind of the journey that we that we go on with her through the story. And it's got three point of view characters. Is that right? Is there more than three? I think there's there's five. There's five total. Five. But, but, but the, the main ones are really, one, yes. That was right. so powerful to me. Like those those perspectives, how you were seeing it across the generations. You portrayed right. it so well. Like I, like I said, I adored this book. So, so let's take a Thank quick you. look at, at a review because I always like to to give a perspective from. And this is the number one reviewer on Goodreads for your book. And I thought like Daniel captured it so well. The review says this extremely moving novel examines the debilitating effects of apartheid 
from an intensely personal perspective. The story focuses on three generations of women in the same family, their saga that spans continents and lays bare the consequences of organizing a society by racial classifications, beautifully written and has strands of maternal love, spiritual connection and a touch of magic visions. The author has presented us with a sweeping vision of a society struggling with itself as it lurches forward in the hopes of overcoming the difficulties of its past history. I loved that review because there are so many different themes in this book. Like this is a brilliant mm-hmm. book club book, but it would also be a brilliant university study book because you're dealing with themes of shame, of inherited history. I mean, how on earth do you, I'm going to skip ahead to a question I ask, like how on earth do you edit a book like that? Like were all of those themes in the original book or did you kind of weave them in as you went through through revisions? definitely sort of wove them in. I mean, it, it took a decade to write it. And I think that's kind of the average for any debut or, you know, novelist it takes, it takes that long to kind of figure out what you're doing, but it didn't, a lot of those things became evident as I was kind of writing the story and, and realizing like, you know, the, the realization that it, that's, that shame is so much a part of this wasn't evident until, you know, well into the, the first, you know, the, a few drafts uh, and then sort of trying to kind of tease out, what, what do the characters do, you know, what, how, and that kind of, you know, sort of propels other, you know, other actions and that leads to other themes and other realizations that kind of get woven in. So it very much was a work in progress over time, taking time to just, you know, to kind of think this through and place it in that context as well of the country and really understand what, what would happen here um, with these, with these characters in these circumstances. Absolutely. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like race and racism, especially now in this time with this, with the realizations around social justice for us, it's obviously a very heated and intense space for a lot of us to engage in. And if you kind of really take a good long look at, at it from all perspectives, it really doesn't matter what, what race you are, shame is always there in how you feel when people are behaving that way. You know, if you're someone of color towards you and how you feel, if you're witnessing it, there's a lot of, but it, it is always the underlying sort of tool that gets that gets kind of employed in service really of racism. So we should really think more about that. You know, I, I think it really bears, bears consideration. What about the inspiration? Because like I said, there's so many themes in here and you do have a character right. who comes to the US, your main character, Yolanda, is coming to the US from South Africa. Like you say, she left her baby behind. Was that part of what inspired you, your own journey to come to the US or was it something else? Like where did this whole idea, kind of the genesis of it come from? So it, it very much, it, it's odd because, uh, you know, originally my husband and I immigrated, we, we moved to the States. We were there, in fact, in Virginia for a period of time. And, you know, what I wanted to understand was what home meant, because I was looking at it from the perspective of an immigrant. And home is completely redefined, right, when when you have left what you know. So that was part of it. And that was kind of the kernel of, of the story, as well as really wanting to understand South Africa and just the society that I'd grown up in, where all these things just kind of happened. And that was part for the course. And that's the same for any of us anywhere. I'm wanting to really figure out, well, why did we use the names that we use for different people? And, you know, why did we have the structures that we had? You know, so it was it was a matter of, un- of sort of understanding my country from a different outside perspective to better know my own history in, in many ways. I de- definitely can relate to that. I'm originally from Scotland and now I live in the States and we're nomads, so we travel the world. And every time I leave a location, it does change my perspective on where I've come from. Right. And also as you learn new cultures, it kind of gives you a different perspective on your own culture each time yeah. you appreciate how exactly. it's different in a different place. Yeah, that's right. So 
so many questions. Like, I, I don't know where to start with this. Like, so it changed during editing. Like, did it change a lot from the original version over those 10 years? You know, it, it didn't. The I'm one of those folks who, like, I, I'm a fully, um, I'm a pantser. You know, if you're a writer, there are people who outline and people who are pantsers, and I'm a pantser. So I kind of, you know, will focus on characters and listening to, to what they have to say and who they are. And I think the characters were always pretty clear. Um, there were no major, like the, the main conflict, the main, you know, the main directors were there from the start. It was just a matter of trying to figure out the craft of actually conveying the story. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with that and working with the publishers while they were very gracious in that too, in just allowing the story to unfold in this way. So so I'm, I'm happy that, you know, it kind of kept to the original sort of idea. As you're out there taking it out to like readers and you're getting this great feedback about the book, is there anything you've appreciated or has been interesting to you and how people have reacted to it? You, you know, especially as, as a debut author, you don't quite know what, you, what you're getting into. Um, and especially when you write about race, even more so. I think overwhelmingly, I've just been like deeply just satisfied with people's, you know, res like emotional response to the story. I had hoped, you know, it was a challenge, you know, for me that I'd said to myself to write a story about South Africa for a non-South African audience. We have a hugely complicated society, you know, complex history. And I wanted to convey that in a way that everyone would understand. And I feel like I've done that. Um, but just having people say, you know, I didn't understand. I, I remember reading an interview and I generally don't, but this one just stayed with me. This was an older woman who had said, you know, I, I've lived in the South, I've lived in Alabama, you know, and, and I just, I didn't understand how it felt, you know, what racism felt like. And I was like, my work is done. You know, that's, you know, that that's kind of the, the aim here is to feel things because then we can change behavior if we can feel um, what the other side feels like. Right. And like, like South Africa's history is so interesting with apartheid in that it wasn't like two classes of race, like apartheid tried really hard to create multiple classes and then to exactly. create discord between the classes. And I, I yeah. feel like you, I don't know if class is the right word, like all words are kind of a little fraught here, but like, like stratification maybe is a better way to say it, but like, That's right. like yeah, but yeah. it was class as well, right? Like you had different rights and it privileges was, yeah. depending on which tier of you were stratified into. And yeah. I think that's not well understood outside of South Africa. Like, even though people are familiar with right. the concept that apartheid give different um, different rights and privileges or lack of privileges to different tiers, I don't think like the gist of how that really felt from inside is something the rest of us have had the chance to really get inside and live. And your novel explained that. And right. like you said, got me feeling that and understanding what that must feel like to live with. And obviously it's only a tiny tiny intro into a world that I will never live, but I really felt like my own understanding was so much better through reading this novel. Great, thank you. I'm interested in the magical realism. I noticed this gets picked <laughs> up quite a bit in your reviews and I loved it. I loved the concept that the grandmother um, is really connected to the earth and really connected to the planet and, and animals and I thought it was a, a superb choice. I'm really interested because it's an interesting choice, right? You've got this model that is right. mostly contemporary, but you decided to include some, I don't even know if magical realism is the right answer, like right wording for it. Yeah, yeah. But like, can you talk yeah. a little bit more about that decision as an author? Sure. So, you know, I'd wanted to, you know, the story operates at lots of different levels and I kind of wanted to pay homage to to First Nations culture in South Africa as well, you know, which is just hugely denigrated and ignored and, and you know, just not given any kind of status or any kind of regard. And it's, you know, and, and the challenge there is that not a lot of it was documented. So it's tough for us to sort of know 
um, you know, what, how did they live? How did they think? What did they believe? So I kind of, you know, did my research in that regard for sure. Um, but I wanted to bring that element forward. And, you know, it had to be imaginary. It had to kind of occupy the space of, of magic realism to kind of have it be tied into the story and have it have relevance that we had, you know, through colonization and settlement, all of these things were also lost. So apartheid happened at lots of different levels within society and it, it happened, you know, the roots are far older than just the political institution and the legislative act. So that was there. And, and frankly, I just, I enjoy magic realism. I've, I've read it a great deal. Um, I like, you know, I like speculative fiction and I wanted to bring that in, but. I would have described it as like a touch of magical realism. It's not yeah. like, it's not front and center in that the story couldn't operate without it. But to me, it exactly. added to the book and it added to the richness of this novel. Right, right. So. That's great. So this novel is, like I said, I, I'm hugely touched and feel educated and enriched by it. And I adored reading it too. What do you advise someone who is going to go through that possibly 10 year journey of writing a debut novel, maybe even wants to write like you have about a topic that people may not be deeply familiar with? Like, do you mm -hmm. have lessons you've learned as you approach this that you might want to share? Absolutely. I think one, one of the benefits of, you know, I'm in my 40s, one of the benefits of publishing when you're older is you've had time to know who you are and get to know who you are and what you have to say and why. And I think that's, you know, irrespective of age, I think that's the fundamental sort of action that, that, uh, that writers should take. And frankly, any artist is understand your own voice and what you have to say, regardless of, you know, what whatever social constructs might tell you about what's, what's appropriate and what sells and whatever the situation is, because, you know, you, you have to, I'll give you an example, I'll segue for a second. I was reading The Quiet American the other day by, by Graham Greene. I think it was the second time I'd read it. It was published in 1955 and it still has such resonance today. And it just made me realize that what you publish is there for the ages. As long as books are, are out there, whether they're, you know, Kindle form or, or hardback, they're out there. And you have to have that perspective of, of you need to be, you know, prepared to do the work, to put something out there that is you, for you know beyond your lifetime um, and if you think about it in that way I think that's it sounds serious and and big but it really kind of frames it in, in the context of you know you need to be yourself you need to be authentic and you need to be clear about what you have to say and how. Did you did you have to do anything to find your voice like like to me your voice came through very clearly but did you have to do anything to like find that voice that you felt was uniquely you? You know, I think I think I went through the usual kind of rigmarole of writing workshops and conferences and, and kind of wanting to, you know, learn the craft of it. Um, but it's one of those things where honestly just editing and rewriting because you're working on it so so often that you're like, this is this sounds like how I want it to sound and this doesn't. I could tell that down to the sentence for this book in the end. So I think it's actually just the doing of it. You know, it's an extraordinary amount of work to publish, to, you know, to get a book out there. You know, and, and it's hard because you kind of well, do I do I change this? Is this is this what I want to say? What's the impact of it? But it's literally just that act of doing helps you hone, you know, it's it's like sculpting. You do it often enough, and you know exactly what you can what you can cut and what you can keep, and how you're going to shape it. You know what your skills are, and it's the same action here as well. 
I can relate to that. Yeah, I was just having that conversation on a different podcast yesterday about what what do I advise people who are starting out? And I was like, do it as opposed to reading about doing it, because only yes, in the absolutely. act of writing and revising and revising, do you really find yeah. what you wanted to say and what your own voice is? And yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's hard. I kind of wish someone had told me that early on. I went the other path and tried to read all the stuff <laughs> and that was the wrong way to go, reading all the craft right, books. Right. So mm. what impresses you? Have you read anything recently that you would want to highlight for our listeners? There's, there's a an, an really interesting book. I know there are a lot of books on, on social justice that are out there, but there's a book by a Canadian author, Ian Williams, that I'm in the middle of called Disorientation, which is really, really good. Like he has such a different personal take with really interesting perspectives to offer on, on this topic. You know, he's, he's writing about his own background and how he sees the world, you know, as, as, a, as a man who's Trinidadian and Canadian and has lived in many different places. So I, I think that's a, definitely a worthy read. Oh, I want to read it. I actually met him in San Miguel. He spoke at the ah, San Miguel Writers oh, yeah. Conference. He gave one of the keynotes and he was fascinating. So right. okay. yeah, adding, yeah. adding that yeah, one to my list right now. So before we wrap up, I always like to ask, um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? And especially because this is such a deep book, it covers, like I said, so many themes. Is there anything that you were talking, you know, if you're talking to someone who doesn't know the book that I haven't asked you that you mm -hmm. might want to cover? I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, the only thing that, that I would say, and I think we've kind of touched on this, is to just is bring, you know, someone said, to, said this to me the other day, in fact, that this book is accessible, you know, and I was like, I never thought about it in that way. Like, you don't need to be a literally anything to kind of to kind of get to grips with this book. And I would say to people, you know, don't be intimidated by by the, the subject matter, you know, approach the book just out of curiosity, which frankly is probably the best way to approach any piece of literature and, you know, and enjoy it. It's there to kind of sweep you along and and take you on the journey. So, you know, I wish everyone well in doing so. Oh, I love that. And it, it is, it's immersive. It's a very immersive book. I, like you say, I feel like I was swept along on the journey and I will admit that I'm not huge into literary fiction. Like it's one of my little mm -hmm. dirty secrets that I'm more commercial than literary, <laughs> even in what I read. And so um, I would definitely tell people that this is not a highbrow book that you're going to struggle to read. It's an immersive absolutely. read that's going to take you on a journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a quick, a quick peek at how people can connect with you. We'll put all the links in the show notes on the website on best of uh, bestofwomensfiction.com and also the link to Ian's book. But your um your website, you're at on Instagram, you're at Colleen Author, double L E E N right. author on Instagram. And then um Colleen Van Niekerk on uh, com for your website and all your other social media are up there. Is there anything that do you like to do book clubs? Is there anything that readers should know about how you like to engage with them? I do. I, I really enjoy it. I think of all the different interactions that are there. I love book clubs because you're with people who are, you know, are reading and, and have kind of gone through that road. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a contact form on my website. I'm, you know, on, on Twitter as well as Instagram. Definitely reach out. Feedback is good. You know, I'm, I'm happy to, to chat with folks as well um, and answer questions. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. And I couldn't rave more about this book. I'm off to write my review. I need to get it done. Um, but thank you for taking the time to join me on the podcast here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. For links to the books that were mentioned in this episode, the author's social media, and more, visit bestofwomensfiction.com. You can also see the video version of this same episode. I'd love if you followed me, Lainey Cameron, on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you enjoy it, please share with friends. 